What insecurities mm -hmm. do you feel? Yeah. I was just talking to your dad about this yesterday. Uh -huh. I feel a healthy amount of fear about, am I still going to be successful in this world of real estate? I remember when I, when I got my license and I was so hesitant, do I make this jump and can I be successful? I've been successful at other things in my life, but this was a big unknown and it was, it was super scary. And what really helped me was I had some very, very close friends that saw in me what I didn't see. And they said, you are going to be awesome. This is The Real Deal, where real estate meets real life. Whether you're a seasoned real estate expert, a first time home buyer, or if you're simply passionate about hearing small business stories, this is the podcast for you. Join us as we dive deep into the world of real estate and beyond. Hey there, so I am Janine Igliani, your host of The Real Deal, where real estate meets real life, joined by my co-host, Ryan Hatcher. What's up, guys? This is episode 29, and this is going to be a fun one because today we are doing... Uh, just a conversation between Ryan and I and what we're excited about are we're going to answer questions that you guys gave us that you wanted to know that you wanted us to talk about topics that you wanted us to cover questions that we needed to ask each other. So this will be really fun. I'm super excited. So Ryan, what's up? Hey. So you played ball this morning, you said? Yeah, for the first time in months. So I'm a little tired. Are you? It's good. Did you crush it? I, mean, I have I no doubt. I was gassed, but Were you? it was fun. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, well, I'm excited because we work together pretty much every day. We talk, I feel like. You're like a brother to me. And one of the things that my team knows, um, anybody that I'm close to knows, I say this a lot, that I'm very intentional with who I let in my circle and who I surround myself with because I really believe who you surround yourself with really matters. If you want to know, like, look at your kids and who they're, how they're going to turn out, look at their five closest friends. And oh, yeah. so I love that you're in that close circle. Me too. That's it's awesome. Well, yeah. We talk about that a lot in our household and it's who you spend time with is who you become mm -hmm. like. So be wise peeps, be wise. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've known, I mean, I know a lot of people, right. And we, we, we both know a lot of people, but not everybody is on the same plane when it comes to vision and maybe ethics or just life goals in general and how they want to go about doing business. So you have to be very selective and sometimes you make the wrong decisions and you learn from it, but this one wasn't. That's sure. awesome. Yeah. I totally agree. For sure. All so, right. So speaking of that, brother and sister is kind yeah. of how we treat oh, yeah? each other in, in a good way, not like in the fighting brother and sister way. Yeah. But um, oftentimes when we go to listing appointments, people ask, are you, are you married? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, but not to each other. So, <laughs> That's it, right? <laughs> so she's married to, to the Ray man, Ray Igliani, right? and has three kids. And I have three kids married to care, but we're not, they're not the same kids. <laughs> so um, it is funny yeah. though, that we each have three kids. Yeah. Roughly the same age. Right. So. Yeah. Very similar. Very close in ages. Yeah. We're clo very close. What? Just a few months apart or something. Yeah. Like yeah. what? Four months? October. So. October to February. So four months. Yeah. I guess it is. Yeah. I'm just a little older and wiser. It's seven months. No, I'm February. You're 40. I'm going to be 44. Oh this... yeah, you are older. Yeah. That's right. That's I told right. you. She's old. Um. <clears throat> 
Cool. So yeah. Okay. So ready to get this started? Get Let's this show on the road. Let's do it. So we asked, we asked you guys um, in social media, anybody that wanted to ask us questions. It could be real estate related or just anything. So we have a, a list of questions that came through. So they're pretty cool. Yeah. First one. Go first. Yeah. So, what does a typical day in the day in the life of a realtor look like for both of us? So you can go first. Okay. For me, my days always start with a workout, uh, get my workouts in early. I absolutely love like just starting my day that way, getting kids to school. And then from there, it's getting to the office. And usually one of the things for me that I really try to do, and I've learned this is when I'm working, I'm working. And when I'm with my family, I'm with my family. So I kind of pack my work days full. So they're usually booked with appointments, meetings, um, I love our team meetings, um, whether it's all of every, all of us, our admins, that's what we were doing before this filming videos, recording car videos, um, meeting with clients, doing inspections, showing houses, you name it, all of the above. That is my day. I think it's really important if I had to kind of streamline what that looks like to have lead gen in there. You have to have lead follow-up time. Um, I love the core and the days that they teach that kind of helps to keep me accountable, mm -hmm. like of when I'm communicating with my clients and so, keeping them updated. So she's talking about themed days. So you do a, a set of things on Monday, every Monday, do different things on Tuesday and so on, which is super helpful. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, after the later in the day, it's Sometimes it's late appointments because yeah. that's the nature of our business, right? We have to work when our clients are off. Um, otherwise, it's filled with kids stuff. I'm yeah. like taxiing them around, watching basketball games, all that kind of fun stuff. What about oh, yeah. you, Ryan? Yeah, so I working in the corporate field for 15 years, I, one thing I despised is I didn't have control of my morning as much. Mm -hmm. Or I had to get up super early to get things done that I wanted to. And sometimes it wasn't feasible because you actually need to sleep some. And I love, love, love that I get to, I mean, the real estate world really doesn't wake up until about nine, really. I mean, that's, you don't see many showings and clients needing to do something at nine o'clock in the morning, usually. So that gives us time to get up and number one is get a workout in. And often it's taking kids to school or you know, getting breakfast in, spending a little bit of family time before the kids go to school for me is awesome. And then outside of that, I, I'm trying to build more structure so that I have the consistency of certain things, but you know, it really depends on the day. So it could be full of meetings. It could be full of appointments. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody the other, the other day when people get into real estate, they think they're going to have this time freedom and that's really a catch 22. Because I do have control of my mornings now. I love that. I get to take my kids to school. I get to be at their games. I can schedule around that, which is amazing. But you do work in weird hours. Mm -hmm. And nights and weekends sometimes um, you can control that. But sometimes you can't. Mm -hmm. And you just got to gotta go take care of people. So um, pros and cons for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I would take this over what I did before this all day long, every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah, I think one of the hard things about what we do, and then we can move on, but is just that we get interrupted constantly, right? With with phone calls, with emails, with things that need to be addressed and dealt with. And so that's always like a balancing act of responding timely to clients and leads and questions and things like that, but also sticking to some sort of a structure. Right. I once read that 
the average American worker um, is interrupted and taken off their task 40% of their day. That's a lot. That is a lot. So it's it's having some skill and learning how to get back to what you were doing mm-hmm. or not get distracted. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. So yeah, typical day. All right, Ryan. It's, what would it's you... not typical, really. It isn't. It's yeah. never the it's, same. It's yeah. usually very different. So. Okay. What would your profession be if you weren't a realtor? Oh, gosh. So it depends on what I'm, I'm looking for. So financially, I would say be in sales of some sort. I, I feel like I have much more control over my income. And that's one thing that it drove me crazy about working in corporate America is there was a ceiling and mm. you can only make so much and because I wasn't in the sales side. And that always just really bothered me because you could literally work as hard or, or harder than somebody that sits right next to you mm. and have more talent or more skill and you're making roughly the same. Mm-hmm. And if it's different, it's we're talking a couple thousand dollars a year. Yeah. So... <laughs> To me, I, I hated having a ceiling and a cap on my income. And I love that I get to control that. Mm-hmm. Now, that's hard, right? And you got you to gotta make sure you're the type of person that can go out and hunt. But you're rewarded based on your efforts. Absolutely. Sure. absolutely. Or, or not rewarded based on your <laughs> exactly. lack of effort too. So I would say sales for sure of some sort. But the, the creative side of me would have to do something with, you know, I... I artistic family kind of runs in the family or artistic talents run in my family. So I'd probably do something along those lines and try to work in a business so that I can make money doing it. I, you know, cause not very many artists make money. So well, and I think that's something that people probably don't know about you is that you are very handy and very creative. Yeah. And it's weird. Cause you don't get to use it a lot in this type of profession. And I always wonder about that. Am I using those talents uh-huh. the way I'm supposed to, uh-huh. you know? but maybe like, that's like hobby side, right? Yeah, side right. stuff, which is, I mean, you got to provide for, for your family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that is the nature for, yeah, for me. I've had to life. set aside the drawings and stuff like that some, but I get to use it in other ways. Mm -hmm. So it's cool. Okay, cool. What about you? If I wasn't, so I guess it depends on what's going on in my life, but I was in hotels before and I really loved that profession. It was super fun, fast paced. Like I love the service industry. I think it really helped me in with what I do now, but I guess I would have to say I would be a broadcast journalist. I would love to like host a news program or something. I think that would be so fun. Right. Right. And be honest. Yeah. 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 That'd be different. I don't know. I would love that. That's what I thought I wanted to do. I love, I'm loving the podcast. I'm loving hearing people's stories and like getting to ask them about it. This is like selfish. It's like me. I feel like this is all for me. I love doing podcasts. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. So that would be my other profession. Or, or, not or, truly, being a stay-at-home mom was like the best job ever. I loved that. It was the hardest. For me, this is like super honest, when um, I quit working when I had my oldest daughter to be a stay-at-home mom, and I really struggled that first year because so much of my identity was wrapped up in being a mom and, or in, in, in being a successful businesswoman. I was very successful in my hotel career. And when that went away, I, I felt like I lost my identity mm. and it took me a minute to like get comfortable with my new identity as a mom. And then I like really embraced that and went all in, but I got super busy. I was like, in mom's club and like serving on the board for the mom's group. And like, just, I, that was just who I was. So, but yeah, I think being a stay at home mom is an awesome career. So I do too. And I, I've, I've known lots of women that I feel, feel a, a sense of discontent 
because some work full time mm-hmm. and they miss out on certain things with their kids and they feel guilty. And then mm-hmm. you have some that stay at home and they wish they had more of that mm-hmm. adult interaction yeah. and, and maybe some professional pursuits. I've known very few women that have been able to mesh those mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. to make really good money while they're working, but mm-hmm. then spend plenty of time with their kids. And I think that's huge. So, I mean, really, if, if money were not an option, I would love to to buy old school homes, mm-hmm. like almost historic homes mm-hmm. and restore them. Yeah, that'd be cool. And have a, like a mix of the historical, but also modern yeah. and just make them look amazing. Like yeah. you see on HGTV. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. That I would absolutely, because then you get to use the creative side. Yeah. I would love that. And that's always been a dream. But I would definitely own businesses. Yeah. Because the people who build wealth, they own assets. Yes. So businesses, investments that, I mean, I would definitely own businesses. Yeah. I mean, it could even be car washes. Right. Yeah, totally. And, and boring businesses. Yeah. But I would own businesses. Okay. For sure. Okay. Um, what is your favorite local outdoor space? It can be anything. I, okay. Mm. <laughs> I love, um, like my favorite place is, um, in Utah and the Zion national park. Ooh, I yeah. love like hiking there. And even just in St. George, there's like little places where you can go hiking and it's so pretty. So I love that. But I, I have family members that are going to be moving there soon yeah. and we will be there often. You should. I, I l- cannot wait. We, l- we love St. George. Yeah. It's so fun. Um, so but here, I know this sounds so cheesy, but I would really say here in Power Ranch, I love it. Like I love the trails that we have, like me and the kids and my husband will all like ride our bikes around and it's so pretty, like out my back, my backyard, I have yep. the whole green space there. So just honestly, like if I sit in my backyard, have the waterfalls on in the pool and just have this amazing view, I love it. You know, I hadn't thought about that, but I would say the same. Mm-hmm. I mean- I, I like being in my backyard mm-hmm. when it's not 110. Yeah. And even then. Right. It's fine. Totally. Um, I would say for me, it's, it's the mountains around here. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in Missouri and we didn't have mountains. And I just remember being enamored by them when I first saw them. And so if we can be up hiking or camping in the mountains, I freaking love it. Yeah. So that, I that. And, I, and I definitely feel like it, like, just relaxed uh-huh. in the in the in the wilderness. Yeah, and that's why I love hunting. Yeah, I just it's so cool. Good for you. Yeah, I am one of those that I'll do it, but it's not my favorite thing to do. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> are the home prices going up or down in Phoenix in the next six months? I say hands down going up. Okay, why do you say and that? And the reason I say that it, there's a lot of talk right now in the industry about rates and. The Fed has already announced that they are planning to lower rates, I think three times. I've heard six. Who knows? And who knows exactly when that's going to be. But because inventory is still low, as rates come down, more and more people are going to start coming into the market that have been on the fence and waiting because they don't want to give up their 3% on their house that they bought three or four years ago. And they want to give it up for a 7%, right? But now we're in the mid sixes. When we get to the fives, I think it's going to be crazy again. I really do. I mm-hmm. mean, the average rate since I think 1990 is around 5.97%. So when we see the fives again, and especially if we see the fours, it's on. So don't expect, I mean, the competition is going to go up, which means prices will go up. So 
Do you disagree? No, I would agree. I think, yeah, it's all supply and demand, right? We have super low inventory. And so as people feel more comfortable with buying and selling and making a move, um, for sure, it's going to create more competition and we're already low on inventory. So more competition always drives up prices. Mm. So yeah, I Good. would agree. If, again, we don't know. We don't know. Like that could all change tomorrow. Yeah. They could throw another pandemic at us or something. Anybody who tells you they know for sure is lying mm -hmm. or they just are, they're misinformed. Nobody knows, but well, we can take educated guesses. For sure. And let me add to that too, because we get this question all the time. I think it's really important People do this. They try to time the market, right? Mm -hmm. We've had clients that have done that. Oh, I'm going to sell now because the market's high and then it's going to crash. And then the opposite happens and vice versa. I think it's very difficult to time the market. I think you have to make a move when it's right for you. If it makes sense, if life events are happening and it's time to make a move, then you have to do that and buy within your means. Um, I also like going with certainty. I have clients that are like, well, should we wait six months and then sell? We can float it for six months. Okay. You're, you could, if that's that's what you want to do, but things may not go up. Things right. may change. Well, and is and the that's gain, a risk. Yeah, yes. and is the gain you're gonna make yeah. going to be compensated by the rent yeah. that yeah. you're having to pay now? Yeah, and that's not going towards your yeah. equity at all. You know, so so just I would always go with certainty and do what makes sense for your family. Um, yeah, yeah. So if I were not selling right now, but I was just buying, like a first time home buyer, I would try to buy right now mm -hmm. because. Even though rates aren't perfect, they're still very, very normal for what we've seen over mm -hmm. the last 50 years. I think the average in 50 years is 7.6%. So now there's very little competition. You can get in, still get seller concessions or builder concessions on a new build, and you get a house you want. And then when the rates do come down at some point, you refi and you're good. Yeah. But as long as you can afford it now, then you'll be even better later. Yeah. yeah. So um, this is a good one. So you are both successful. It says very successful. Hmm. What if any insecurities still come up for you and how do you deal with them? I love this question. What insecurities mm -hmm. do you feel? Yeah. I was just talking to your dad about this yesterday. Uh -huh. um, I feel a healthy amount of fear all the time about am I still going to be successful in this world of real estate? I remember when I, when I got my license and I was so hesitant to make this jump from full-time safe career that was moving upward. Do I make this jump and can I be successful? I've been successful at other things in my life, but this was a big unknown and it was, it was super scary because I'm the primary breadwinner in our family and I have three kids and they're two of them are teenagers and they're not cheap. So it was scary and, um, scariest thing I ever did. But Somehow, and, and what really helped me was I had some very, very close friends that saw in me what I didn't see. And they said, you are going to be awesome. Mm. Now, obviously, you got to couple any type of personality benefit or talent or whatever with hard work and, and working smart, right? And, and the relationship building piece. But, you know, it was still unknown. Mm -hmm. So for me, I feel that still often. And I, and I like that because it keeps me very on task with ambition. And it's, I've always had this challenge with being content and happy with the things I've been blessed with. So gratitude, but also still continuing to pursue better mm -hmm. or more of good things, not just more to have more, but 
be content with what I have and happy and grateful, but keep pursuing my potential is really what I, I look at it. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily riches or wealth, although wealth is great. It's, it's, am I, am I taking the talents that I was given mm-hmm. and am I going to be able to give those or present those to God someday and say, I did what you asked me right, to do. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, okay. So I would say kind of very similar, probably just that insecurity of like, will it always be there? Will I always be able to do this? Um, and then also, honestly, a big one for me is that I don't know everything. Let me surprise some of y'all. Um, probably, but I truly, there's, so there's things that I don't know. And I try to really be super humble when that, when those things come my way of like, let me figure this out. And I will, that is something about me. I will figure figure it out. out, Right. I will find an answer. Um, so yeah, I just, I don't know everything. Um, I think I have a ton of knowledge and specific knowledge and I'm very, very good at what I do, but there's that insecurity of like, I don't know everything. Well, in the, in the, this industry changes. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's always things thrown at us that are different. So am I doing enough? Mm -hmm. Am I, am I doing enough? Am I communicating enough? Am I writing enough value? Those are some of the things that I'm constantly asking myself. Yeah. Do we have questions you guys? I don't see okay, any right now. Nothing. I'm looking. Okay. Mallory, I better get a question from you. Uh, she ha- She's in school. She's on this. Mal. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. <laughs> so um, uh, any other insecurities? I, I'll tell you one that is very common. I hate being on video. I hate it. Mm. But, but I've gotten more relaxed with it because I know that it's necessary. Yeah. Especially in our world. And, and you, you have this, this, dilemma am i am i on there too much do people even care um you know is it presumptuous you know all those things that you you think about and those are doubts right but at the same time i don't care because Mm -hmm. i know that it's necessary for us to be able to do what we do well Mm -hmm. and here was the flip for me i was telling my brother this the flip for me was i believe that we do what we do so well that it's a disservice to our friends I love that. and the people that know us, I love that. if they don't know the difference yeah. of us and most other realtors. I love it. Preach it, Ryan. I love that so, so much. So one of the questions I got, actually my son asked this, how do you differentiate, differentiate yourselves in a sea of realtors? And I think it's that. I, mm. I, I think we do it so well and have such a great track record, not to mention exceptional client care mm-hmm. and service. Um, and the results that, that are there that are awesome, I think it's it really is a disservice. So now my perspective is not, am I worried about somebody thinking I'm trying to sell them because I'm not? It's I want them to understand how this should look for them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not how, and know that they have a different option. Yeah. Well, so. and I would say we were just talking about this in our admin meeting. It's important to me that I put out content that I would personally want to consume. Mm. That's authentic to me. Yeah. I can't show up and do like a funny TikTok dance because that's just not who I am, right? And that's not stuff that I watch. So for me, but but valuable information where we're sharing things that people learn. And we were just talking about this, that it's been really cool. The things that I've started sharing and been more intentional with how people have responded and are saying things to me. And this just happened last night. I didn't realize that. And it was something I had shared in a video. So, so she mentioned car videos, stay tuned for on our, on our social media 
we're basically sitting in our cars and we're talking about some things we just learned or are we though Ryan or is it me um so far (laughs) burn burn so far it's mostly her (laughs) but um that's changing If you guys can hear what they're saying. Man, I'm just getting cut apart here. No, it's Um, true. It's true. I'm on it. I love it. it. Again, I I hate being on video, but get over it, Hatch. Get over it is what my wife would say. Right? This is a totally different. We're switching gears here. What is your favorite go-to lunch option for a busy work day? Okay. So I, I, I guess it depends on if I'm trying to like really be good and lean. And so I honestly... I hard boil a couple of eggs and I take those on the run. That sounds so disgusting. <laughs> I hate a hard boiled egg. Really? I do. I do not. Oh, I love scrambled eggs. I cannot stand really? hard boiled. Yeah, so, so that sounds so gross. So I, here's the thing, actually. <laughs> Most of the time, I, I may not even have lunch. Yeah. Because I have such a good, hearty protein breakfast yeah. that I'm not hungry until probably two or three o'clock anyway. So, yeah. that's so I'm the opposite. Me. Well, I would say go to l- option for a busy work day, unfortunately, is no lunch. That yeah. is mine. I, it's the worst. But I really love anybody who knows me knows this. I really love a tuna sandwich. Oh, yeah. And so a good. Do you put hard boiled eggs in it? No, heck no. <laughs> heck no. Um, Just yeah. plain tuna? I love a tuna sandwich. Yeah. It is good. That's my thing. I've had more tuna than most. I'd say three men in a lifetime. Really? Had. Yeah, because when I was on my mission, we, like, I, I had tuna. Had to eat? I had tuna a lot because it was cheap. Yeah, it is cheap, but it's so good. It is good. Last night I was yeah. like rushing and I made myself a tuna sandwich. Oh, go to. I get that's my go to. That's a comfort food, it sounds it is, like. It is, it um, is. Let's see, what else? What's one place you want to travel that you haven't been to before? Ooh, I got a couple. Okay, go. Costa Rica. I would love, love, love to That's go to Costa Rica. That's on my Rica. list too. Is it? I cannot wait to go there someday. I've heard so many good things about it. And that started in college. I was in a Spanish class and we were sitting around this big oval table and the professor, it was a Spanish conversation and she was from Costa Rica. And I, I'm like, man, I've got to go there because she was just talking about it so much. And the other place would be Cabo San Lucas. Yeah. That's pretty. We've been there. So that's going to happen. Yeah. So those are the two main ones. For me, it would be like Europe. Spain, mm. France, take me to Paris, the Italy. Just go to the Olympics. Yeah. So all of that, that's like that will happen soon. It, Italy would be fun. Right? Spain, Greece. Mm. That oh, would be nice. would yeah. love that. I used to want to learn a bunch of different languages. Yes. Like Italian and yeah. whatever, Portuguese maybe. But then I realized I could spend my entire life working on English and Spanish that I had plenty to do. So yeah. I'll take Spanish. Yeah, and if I learn sure. a little bit extra, then fine. But Okay. What did good. we not ask each other, Ryan, <clears throat> that we should have before we wrap up? My wife asked me this the other day. When you were younger, did you visualize your life to turn out the way it has? Oh. And? And I could not have. I, I, I could okay. not have dreamt growing up in Missouri, living in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I didn't, that wasn't on the radar. And loving the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea I was going to be in real estate. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to be successful. However, that was defined. And I still feel like I'm working on that. Mm-hmm. But um, I knew I was going to have an awesome family life and have good kids. I was hoping anyway. Mm-hmm. And they're awesome kids. I mean, they're 
they're ornery sometimes, but they are good kids and they have yeah, good hearts. They are. they are. And I think the best compliment a parent can have is that their kids are kind. Mm-hmm. So for sure, they now again they're ornery sometimes, right? But yeah. so that that to me has been pretty awesome. I wish I could be closer to family. Yeah, that's one thing that I did not anticipate as much. Yeah, but overall, I couldn't have pegged it like this. But it's a it's a good life. I love that. What about you? I would agree. I I mean, Ray and I have been through some really hard times, and it makes you when you go through really hard times, it makes you really appreciate the good times. And things are not perfect. That's just our life, right? Mm. There's always some of that. But I'm so, so grateful for my family, for where we live, healthy kids, um, my husband's career. I'm just so thankful. And I absolutely, at the end of the day, love what I do. And I feel super grateful for that. So, And that is such a fun thing Mm -hmm. to love what you do Mm -hmm. and to be good at it. Yeah. And so really, that's a huge thing Yeah. for just overall happiness. Yeah. I feel like too many people are just content enough to do something they hate just to pay the bills. Right. And this life is way too short for them. Right. Um, here's another question that just came to my mind when you said that. If you were to die today, how do you feel like you have done? Have you done what you needed to do? And I was thinking, like I often think we're never going to be, like you don't wake up the day you die knowing you're going to die. Right. right? So, so I think about this. Have I taught my kids enough? Yeah. So that they can be successful and live really good lives. Yeah. I still think that's a work in progress, right? I think that's like a <clears throat> ongoing question that you should ask yourself on a regular basis. And and for me, I do it in a little bit of a different way. I do it in my relationships. Like if this person were to die tomorrow, how would I would feel, I right? How yeah. would that relationship be? And, and I think when you have that reality close, um, to you, it's easier to think that way, but like with my mom and her health and everything. And so, but I carry it on to everybody else. When your kids start driving, right? Like you really start thinking like, please be safe, please drive safely. And how was my last interaction with them? You know, like God forbid. So that's like a sobering thought that I have regularly in my head of like, how am I leaving people? Yeah, I don't I don't worry about that every day, but yeah. I think about it often yeah. because Well I mean, you don't I, worry. Yeah, don't worry right, about it. That doesn't right. do you any good, but no, yeah. But but it does but think hopefully about it, it forces you yeah. to live differently, right? Mm-hmm. I mean there there was a young man that we knew that right outside of this this yeah. office. Yeah. Died coming home yeah. from high school, seventeen. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you just never know. You're not guaranteed tomorrow this, for sure. This is cool. I I was not planning to go this route, but um the other day I was listening to this guy, he was he was sharing the story and he said that he was working with his friend and he they were having a marital issue. Um, he was with his wife and he basically said something about when I get home, blah, blah, blah. And then his friend said, who told you that? And he goes, what do you mean? And his friend said, who told you you were going home today? Mm. And he just felt like a knife right mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. And he realized that nothing's guaranteed, mm-hmm. right? And so he went and called his wife. Oh, that's good. So that, that was a that was a crazy eye opener. That's awesome. But I want to end, Ryan, and do our speed round with each other because I want to hear your answers to okay. some of these rapid fire questions. Do you, you ready? Have, do you have them ready? I do. They're in my head. Oh, so I have to answer Yeah, Yeah, let's you go. You got to answer your own then. Okay, go okay. ahead. Favorite color? Black. Okay. I love black. Okay, favorite food? I'm a sandwich guy. I mean, I love pizza, but I'm a sandwich guy. So, mm-hmm. 
I mean, deli sandwiches, burgers. Okay. I love it. How about you? Uh, favorite for favorite food? Yeah. My first answer is always pizza. Yeah. Like a good pepperoni sausage pizza. I do want to try pizza from Italy someday. Right. That's another reason to go. What's your favorite color? Yellow. Ooh. It's a happy color. It is happy. Sunshine. Favorite sound? That was... Jason Crittenden's answer was so awesome. The sound of his kids laughing. I never really thought about that. I love that. Yeah. It's so fun to hear your kids laughing with yeah. each other. Oh, for sure. Um, but the first one that came to mind before he said that was squeaking of shoes on a basketball court. Oh. I love it. I love that. And I love the smell of going in a high school gym and there's popcorn. Oh. I love it. That's like probably nostalgic for you or something. Oh, heck yes. My favorite sound is um, running water, like a babbling brook or mm. like a little waterfall. Like that's why I love going in my backyard and putting the waterfalls on. It's so peaceful. Nice. I love that sound. I know. I want to camp on my patio someday. I just never have. Yeah. Have that sound. That's good. Okay. Favorite vacation. Our favorite, uh, mine was when we went to, to Hawaii. Okay. So we went this past spring and it was, we went to Maui. Yeah. And we were in Lahaina for a lot of that. And it was a couple months before the big fire. And so I'm so glad we went because that's yeah, a mess okay. now. But it was fun to have the kids there and, and experience. I, I'd never been to Hawaii. So that that's was awesome. so fun. That's cool. My favorite vacation would be yeah, my Disney vacation mm. where we did a week at the Disney resorts and then the Disney cruise. That was so fun. Yeah, that I told awesome. my kids, this is like a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah. Like soak it up. I want to do that too. It was awesome. Um, all right. Favorite book. Okay. So I, I just actually made a post about this the other yesterday. I, I have to go with rich dad, poor dad mm. because it changed my life. Mm -hmm. Like what, what it taught me was that there's a whole another level of the game or, you know, like different rules that wealthy people play by that poor and middle-class people don't really know. Mm -hmm. And it just opened my eyes. I mean, I grew up in a town with 300 people and, and you know, I would say not a lot of people think that way, mm -hmm. you know? So that mm -hmm. was, that was super helpful. It, it triggered, I would say a path of wanting to absorb everything I can from, from people that were already successful right. what I wanted to do. Yeah. Which is like a key to success. Yes. For me, it would be, um, the seven habits of highly successful mm. people simply because that's one of the first books I read. I was 19 years old and it really, like, I really connected with it and was like so inspired. Which habit? Do you remember? I don't. Uh, -uh. Okay. I just loved the whole idea of that book. It really like, it kind of opened my eyes and I connected with it. I was like, yes, this is who I want to be. I love it. That that's a great book. In yeah. fact, those that aren't familiar with it, you need to read it. But I love the example of the tree and you'd see the tree above the ground and that's all of the things that the, the characteristics that people see, mm -hmm. but they don't see the roots mm -hmm. of your character mm -hmm. underneath, you mm -hmm. know, and, and it's just a cool concept. When Stephen R. Covey wrote that, he basically studied 200 years of our country's history and the first 150 years, he said, was based on what he calls the character ethic where it's about integrity and being honorable and those things that are internal and then the last 50 years, which is now almost the last 80 years, it's more about what you see on the outside. And that's a lot of show. Yeah. And that's unfortunately the direction that our country goes, For is sure. going. And it's not based on character. For sure. So that's a great one. Okay. And then last one, favorite podcast. Oh, gosh. So I, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts because I don't have time to sit there for 45 minutes and listen to one. And I like a lot of them. So I prefer to get little snippets, like four or five minute snippets, and I'm good. 
So I love Andy Frazella's. So the 75 hard stuff. I love um, Brad Lee's are pretty good. I like ours. Mm. I like bigger pockets. And there's a random bunch of others that I just kind of get snippets of. And I, mm-hmm. I like, how about you? Mm-hmm. Of course ours. And I truly mean that when I say that, like I tell these guys, like I rewatch several of our podcasts cause they're so good. Yes. Um, but MREA awesome is amazing. Like I'm mm. loving those podcast episodes. Um, so tell them what that is. So Jason Abrams, he does the millionaire real estate agent podcast and he's interviewing. It's a variety of like top agents, top people in their field. He had Phil Jones on there who talks about what to say. He had uh, Molly Fletcher on there. Who's known as the female Jerry Maguire. Um, just a lot of like really, really good, good so, people. So the MREA book is, is a classic in the real estate world. Um, Gary Keller, who was the founder and mm-hmm. owner of Keller Williams. He was the mastermind behind that. So that's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, focus on the family. I love focus on mm. the family and they do like Christian family things, which is also good too. So I'm writing them down. Yeah. Well, thanks Ryan. This is fun. Good, thanks good guys stuff. for watching. Thanks for your questions guys. <laughs> Always a good time. Hopefully you learned something today of value. For sure. We out. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Real Deal, where real estate meets real life. Make sure to follow or subscribe to the home selling team on YouTube, Instagram, and Spotify to stay up to date with our podcast.